I'm going in. It's too big. Size matters not. Didn't go in. So it's big. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hoth Topic. I'm your host, Chris, otherwise known as Darth Dad, on our main show, the Sarlacc Digest. Uh, coming at you today uh, for episode 20. And hot damn, what a coinkadink, right? We just dropped episode 50 of Sarlacc and now 20 of Hoth Topic. We're on a nice little pace now, if we can just keep it going. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed episode 50 of Sarlacc. Uh, I had a shit ton of fun doing it. It's nice that it landed right on the second half, the end of Empire. Um, it really couldn't be a, a better way to hit 50. Hopefully we'll have something cool for 100. But uh, listening or watching Empire together is definitely the way to do a 50. So we covered most of the news on Sarlacc. Anything big coming up. Uh, we touched on that poster and I still stand that the poster itself is real. There's a difference between real and official, right? Uh, official comes out from Sar or Sarlacc, well, from Sarlacc too, but from StarWars.com, it comes out from Lucasfilm, it comes out from Disney, things like that, right? Uh, JJ put something out. Those are official, official things. Now, this poster is obviously not official. It didn't come from any of those sources, but I'd say it's real, meaning that it's coming from a marketing team, that somebody has proof, somebody's plan, it has placeholders, it has things going on in there that you won't see in the movie, like the Mac and Me Mom or whatever the fuck's going on on the left there. Uh, you know, things will get fixed up. I still think 3PO, uh, him having a bowcaster is not out of the realm of possibility. So there's a lot of things there that people have pointed to immediately and said it's fake. And I, I the 3PO thing is one of them. I, for one, we've been theorizing for a couple months, if not a year, that 3PO would lead some kind of droid uprising uh, using old battle droids. So if that stands true, then yeah, I see him with a bowcaster or a weapon or whatever's going on. Or if Chewie's busy and he throws him his bowcaster and his bandolier and says, you do it, I gotta, I gotta fix the Falcon. You know, uh, tons of things could happen. So I do think that's an early draft of some marketing material they'll use, whether it's for celebration in two weeks or whether it's for packaging or whether it's just for some fucking beach towel that's going to come out, you know, next year. I don't know. But I do think it's it's a little too on the nose to be completely fake. You know, the thing that I hadn't mentioned on the show that I had forgotten about, and this is to the uh, stormtroopers on the bottom, right? Uh, I forgot what they're fucking called fire squad or whatever it's not inferno squad we already know what those are but something to that effect right these guys their mask look clone clone like right they're clone-esque so at first you know i know scott had mentioned it to us that he thought that was a little too off there's no way that would be real or maybe not he didn't say no way but that was pointing to him that it could be fake because they were a little too clone like but then uh after the recording, I get home and I start looking through my feed and I see somebody had posted. I believe it was Plo Cool had posted the crew hat that they were giving out that we had seen a month or so back. And sure as shit, if the crew hat didn't match that design on those Stormtroopers helmets. So yeah, the clone look is, I'm 99% sure that's officially legit, that part. Um, after seeing the hat and then seeing that, I'm sure those are legit. So there's too much going on in there that that's too real 
Uh, I can see where everybody says the fake stuff, but that's just a placeholder. They're just putting shit there. You know, they, they could have put Frankenstein there, and I still would have thought it was real. So there you have that, Pete. But nothing else new has come on. You know, we've seen some April Fool shit come out, and we should all know that anything on April 1st, I don't even look on the fucking internet, you know? It, it fools the best of us. It, if you don't read the whole article and have a good bullshit detector, you're kind of fucked. And I've seen it all over the internet that people were falling for stuff that people put out. And shit. I mean, I, I don't get it. I mean, there's fake stuff every day. Why are we falling for the really bad fake stuff right now? Right? So, whatever. Every day is April Fool's Day in, in the Star Wars universe uh, with fake news and bullshit. So I did mention uh, the fact that I didn't enjoy Queen Shadow. I went over that last week. I'm, I'm waiting on Master and Apprentice right now. They're dropping a Dooku book at the end of the month. So I got a lot of good reading or listening material the rest of the way, right? Hey, sorry about that Revan 2 next to me. If I didn't tell you, I'm driving home in the car um, again. Because I just never get time at home, you know, to sit at my desk and do it properly. And I, so I do apologize if the sound quality is not as good as we're used to. This is just the easiest way for me to do it and chat with you guys. Uh, as opposed to me looking for a spot at home or waiting for one of the kids to fucking finish up Fortnite or Call of Duty. So I don't hear all the cussing and yelling in the background, you know. I, they only get a couple hours at home, not one to kick them out of the, the room. But anyway, got a good bunch of things coming up as far as books go or audio books go. Um, right now, just to kind of fill in the time, I'm listening to the Heir to the Empire trilogy again. You know, when, it, when all else fails, I end up finding myself going back to some, you know, tried and true sets of books. You know, the two EU books, the old Legends books I go to are either the Bane Trilogy or the Heir to the Empire Trilogy and go through those again. Because I just enjoy those stories a lot and hearing them and hearing the way they're narrated. And just going through it makes me happy, right? And I grab a couple of the, the new canon books too and I'll go through those. But right now, again, I'm on Heir to the Empire. And I bring that up because there's a character that I've mentioned before that I thought could have been in 8 and used in 8. And I hope they just do something with him somewhere, whether it's in The Mandalorian or some other spinoff. I doubt he'll be in 9, but he could. I, my theory had him in there um, a couple episodes ago. But Talon Card, I think, is just one of those characters that really, really grabs me. I mean, he was great in the book reading it, but there's something about the way he's narrated in the Heir to the Empire trilogy that makes me just wish he was live action and part of the crew all the time and this is where I thought the miss was where they could have used him as the master code breaker right or taken DJ spot in The Last Jedi any of that stuff would have been really uh, okay with me to bring Talon Card in I thought it would be an excellent idea because he fit perfectly I really bring that up to segue to this as I was going through the internet I uh, come across this thing about Rose and DJ and it was a nice little article and it was saying a lot of the stuff that I've been saying for a, a long time um, about Canobite to start that it does have a purpose and you may not like it and that's okay I don't love it either but here's the point of it and we've done that here on, on Sarlacc, we've done it here on Hoth Topic uh, a couple times um, but I want to go a little deeper onto just Rose and DJ and Finn and how it kind of took it, just starting off it took me away from the talent card thought so let me rewind a, a half a bit here and, and say Finn. Over the two, the 1.9 movies, he had no character development, right? He left the First Order, then he was trying to help Ray. he was trying to run away. That's all Finn did for 
almost two movies, right? Um, and we meet him in The Force Awakens. He's run away from the First Order. Then he doesn't want to go back to Jakku. Then he tries to leave um, out of Takadana. You know, he's always wanting to go. And then even when it was a matter of going back to Starkiller Base, he wasn't doing that for the Resistance. He hadn't joined the Resistance. He had nothing to do with the Resistance. He went to go save Rey, the person that had first looked at him like a regular person. Right, the person he was, I think, falling on. They never ship Ray and Finn, and that's the obvious ship, right? Like he's totally in love with her. But um, that—that's the thing there. He's always chasing around in the Force Awakens. Then Kami wakes up in the Last Jedi, and the first thing he does is want to go find Ray again, right? He thinks about Ray. He's not thinking about the Resistance, the fight, the First Order, none of that bullshit. Where's Ray? Once he finds out, he can, you know kind of get save Ray. That's his whole mission. He wants to leave on the uh, the escape pod. He wants to get as far away from the from the resistance and the first order as possible with this beacon and get it away. And that's how he meets Rose, right? And she stops him from making this choice to leave. And that's where it starts to make her important. It doesn't allow Finn to just go off and stay on his track of not joining the resistance and leaving the first order. Um, it keeps him with the resistance. It keeps them with these people, and it, it keeps him on track, right? So that's kind of Rose's play right there in the in the moment. And I'll get more to that in a second. So they start talking, things start clicking. They find a way to save the rebellion, find Ray. All these things come together, and it, and it works out for Finn. Okay, and he goes off on this mission to Canto Bight. Um, now he's kind of out in the loose for the first time, right? He's seeing Canto Bight and. You can see that he's excited about this stuff, that he's, like, thinking it's wonderful, you know, even though Rose is, you know, trying to explain to him that this is, these are the most evil people, these are the people that live off of war and make their riches off of other people's suffering and all this stuff going on. Either way, you know they shouldn't be there, they're not the normal spy types, not the ones they send, it's typical Star wars as send somebody into a, a enemy area or, or on a mission they, they're not suited for and, and make it work, Right? Which, again, is a whole other point to The Last Jedi we've made, is nothing works in The Last Jedi, and that's why it's special. Because none of their half-cocks, you know, schemes ever fucking work in this movie. And that's so different than anything else. But anyway, back to Rose and Finn on Canto Bight. They run into, in jail, uh, DJ, right? They'd already seen the the uh, Master Codebreaker, who I thought originally could have been Talon Card, which I guess still could. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't change this part at all. But I thought they should have actually gotten with Talon Card and had him do it, and then boom, boom, save the day, they, they win. And again, that's not really what The Last Shadow was about, and it would have fucked it up. Um, DJ, on the other hand, now, they hook up with DJ, go through their motions, and he's given Finn that talk about not joining, right? Remember, DJ is don't join. Um, that they're all bad. There is no good and bad. It depends on your point of view, and shows him the... X-Wing being sold versus the TIE Fighter being sold. Oh, the good guy, huh? Or the bad guy, huh? Goes through all that. You realize at this point that the two characters, DJ and Rose, are essentially only in The Last Jedi for Finn. It's to help with his character's development that he hadn't done yet. We've had this guy who's been in the middle trying to run away, trying to leave the First Order, not want to join the Resistance, just wants to help Rey. He's in the middle right? That's these two. That's these two right here. DJ doesn't join anything, okay? He wants to be away. He wants to play both sides. He wants to live this life where, basically, he has to sleep in a jail to get a fucking bed, right? Because he was in there. He could have left. 
all these things we've talked about with, with Sarlacc uh, in our chats or on the show. Um, he's there and, and finds them because the force works in mysterious ways, right? Um, they, they were led to him. Or at least Finn was. So he's got this guy now. Don't join. Stay away. Everybody's bad. And you've got Rose, who's this idealistic sister just died. Very, um, how would I say it? Patriotic would, would be a, the word I would use to compare it to like an Earth-like type thing. She's all for the resistance. She's all for the soldiers. She's all for all this stuff that, that means something to her. Um, so what you have here is an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. And this is what's going on in Finn's life. And this is why these characters are there. And that's what we missed for this last year and a half with those characters. And we just kind of brushed by. You know, nobody buys the toys. Nobody gives a shit about these characters. They get bashed on all the time. Social media destroys uh, uh, Kelly, Murray Tran. You know, they, they wonder why Del Toro's not in it more. All this stuff. And it's because they had their parts and they played them exactly perfect. Right? And what ends up happening is DJ, the devil, basically, in this scenario, stabs him in the back and goes for himself, right? Don't join. This is what we do. You could be like me. This is what we do. We leave people to hang. We turn our backs on them. You know, fuck everybody. I'm going to make up for myself. I got a bunch of money and a ship. I'm out. You know, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, give me the fuck out. All right? Then you have Rose, who sticks with it. You know, she turns wrenches. That's her job. They put her behind the wheel of a ship now, right? Behind the mechanisms there. She goes out, she's with Finn, she's by his side, she sticks with him, with the resistance, even though it's out of her comfort zone. She goes out, and what she end up doing? She ends up saving his life, and I know we all get mad about it, right? But she saves his life and gives him the whole, uh, we need to save what we love, not kill what we hate type speech. And that's her, and the resistance, and that's the angel on his shoulder. And that's what really gets him to stay, to realize what's going on, and to really join the, the resistance itself permanently. I think that was his big moment there. That was Finn's character development. And it was those two characters that did it for him. So no longer do I feel that these two are pointless additions to the Star Wars universe. They were integral in watching Finn develop over time. Because again, we've only had a day or so with these two movies. There's not a lot for development. We need something else to be a catalyst. And these two right there were that. So, pretty cool. I mean, I, I I dig Rose and DJ more. We may not like how Rose played out or how the the acting was done or the directing was done on her character. I actually mind it so much less now. So much less. And DJ, the stuttering, I kind of got over. Eventually, I still don't see the need for it. But now you see the point of DJ, too. And I kind of always saw his point, but I never put it in the angel-devil perspective. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing and what they should look at when look at these characters again. And obviously, nobody's, not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's going to change their mind on that. Um, but I think that's really the way it kind of played out. And, you know, I've defended The Last Jedi for a long time. I said a year and a half or so that it's been out. And the more you think about it, the more of a brilliant movie it is all around, right? We've explained why Luke has to be gone. You know, we've gone through Kylo and why he's such a badass villain and how he's developing and how, you know, he's had to do things and how he's had to, how he grew up. We've gone through uh, Han and Leia and their development and why being the absentee parents or not great parents was actually a, more of a real thing than making them fairy tale characters. Now you see Finn, 
you know, with the angel and the devil and what's going on, people, the things that people bitch about were actually really, really important parts, and the Canto Bite scene ends up becoming more important than we even knew. So that's pretty big stuff. Now, your mind might get blown here because I'm going to stay in The Last Jedi and go off another uh, arc that everybody had problems with. And this was that article, and I couldn't find it again to save my life. But um, what I did was get... This is one I haven't tackled yet, so I haven't really covered on the show, but it gave me a couple ideas that I wanted to jump into. And it was Poe's arc, right? Um, How everybody had a problem with Holdo not giving him the plan, which, again, admittedly... I'm always kind of like, okay, I get it when I'm talking to a troll or something. I'll give that point up. I'm like, I have no idea why she wouldn't give Poe the plan. Well, I read this this piece, and though most everything else had kind of been in line with what we had talked about or what I had talked about or what the group had talked about, this one piece was completely um, new to me. I had I felt like I should share it and kind of elaborate and expand on it. So Poe in the very beginning of The Last Jedi is doing what? He's off on his own half-cocked again, doing his own thing, uh, no worry about anything, just guns blazing. That's what he does. There is no plan. He turns his back and doesn't listen to what Leia tells him. She tells him, stop. You know, we don't we don't want to do this right now. He doesn't listen to fucking Leia Organa Solo, who just about everybody in the galaxy at one point was listening to. At this point, the entire resistance is under. You know, he's not listening to her. You know, and he, cause, he costs tons of lives. He killed a dreadnought, yeah. They destroyed a dreadnought, but at what cost? Right? And that was made up that was made a point again. Yeah, we had lots of um, soldiers die, but we had no leaders out there. You know, and that that was the whole problem. So going through the next part when he meets up with Finn and Rose, what's his first thing? We're gonna keep this a secret. We're not gonna tell anybody about our plan. We're just gonna do it because that's what we do, you know? So he goes against the grain again. And then he wants to arrest Holdo later when he comes in and just sees the one little bit of the plan where people are leaving. He doesn't ask questions. just wants to arrest her and pull a, pull a blaster. Well, fuck. You know, he's really that that loose cannon that probably can't be trusted. Maybe that's why Holdo kept everything from him. So that wasn't really a big deal. I mean, now I see it as she's all, I'm not going to tell this motherfucker anything because he does what he wants. He needs to be demoted, and he was. He needs to stand the fuck back, stay out of my way, and let's get everybody saved real quick. Could she have said that? Yeah, I still kind of granted she could say that. I have a plan, just back off, or put him in restraints and fucking arrest him and keep him out for a minute. But just holding it from him, I I get it now. You know, you got this character that wants to do everything um, his way. He wants to do it right away and doesn't care about the consequences um, the way Holdo does or the way Leia would. And that's his part of his character development. And when he sees, you know, like uh, the the Luke part, right? When Luke's uh, projecting himself onto Crate, and Poe kind of has that oh shit moment when he realizes what Luke is actually doing. That's the kind of stuff that helps teach him what he should be doing. He should be there more as a, a leader, a symbol, doing what's right for the resistance, not what's right in the moment, what's right for the long term, right? Being that spark of hope, which he says later in his speech, too. He needs to be that. You know, he saw that with Holdo's sacrifice, and that's probably actually when it hit him first. When he was like, what's the, you know, he sees the plan coming together, he's talking to Leia, all this stuff, it finally dawns on him that he fucked up. And if he hadn't fucked up that much, he wouldn't have developed like he did. So keeping things from him, making him go through bad choices, doing things, again, was a a great character choice 
and a great story choice to keep stuff from him. So, again, I'm losing my bitching about this entire movie now. I mean, I really... I don't have much to bitch about at all. Um, I will still stay to the fact that milking the cow was ridiculous. Uh, the sea cow. I I get it that Luke was trying to make her go away and just try to be gross, but you really didn't need to do that part. That was unnecessary, and... No, that's it. I've really... At this point, I think that's it. Because I've already gone through, you know, the, the kid with the broom... Uh, at the end of the movie, I think that was fantastic, and it showed that you know there was hope again. Um, I think everybody overreacts with the freeing the fathers and not freeing the kids. It's pretty easy to open a fucking door and let the fathers run. It's not as easy to let slaves run, especially if they have a chip in their neck when they walk away and they'll blow you up. Right? Go back, man. Watch fucking Phantom Menace. Slaves don't just get to walk away, or else they would just fucking walk away. They don't get to just be freed without getting something turned off, or else it would happen. So they couldn't just free them, but the father here is, fuck it, let's run. Oh no, you know what I mean? Like, everybody bitches about such small shit, it drives me nuts. But the things that I thought were valid points, the uh, the Cantobite, Rose and DJ, and not telling Poe the, the plan, holy fuck, you know? It, it took me reading a little bit more, and finally uh, a year and a half later to realize that those parts are okay too. Those parts absolutely made sense. And now I'm going to go ahead and watch The Last Jedi again uh, before the whole group does because we still have two movies in between before we get to it. But I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to see how much I appreciate the entire movie with that kind of mindset and and that perspective uh, with those characters. I think it's going to change a lot for me. And I hope you guys take a chance and watch it again soon and look at those characters, those, those plot points and see if you can see it now and see if it makes sense and see if you don't just moan at it and know that it's not just for visual effect on a movie and these things all had a point, right? And The Last Jedi's whole point that we've talked about many times is everything failed. They are in the worst position they could possibly be in, right? I've talked so many times about these plans not going as planned and that was so refreshing and so awesome that they couldn't just go in, dress like First Order, you know, take out the the tracking system and all this stuff like if you go to Rebels you go to Clone Wars you go to any of the other movies that would have been pulled off right that would have fucking happened but in The Last Jedi shit nothing works the way all these these legends of these heroes have worked forever right you know Luke's legend of one starfighter taking and, and with the help of the Falcon taking out a Death Star you know the stuff on Scarif being legend at this point the second Death Star um, everything that's happened in the last 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, you know, it, it just seemed like everything worked for the good guys no matter what, right? The, I mean, how, what, what a kind of cockamamie idea was the whole Jabba rescue thing in Return of the Jedi, right? I mean, watch that plan. Put it on paper. Write, write the Return of the Jedi plan on paper, and it is a fucking loony-ass fucking plan. It, it, it doesn't make hardly any sense. But... It worked, right? This plan, kind of, you know, half-cocked again. Stupid idea, but it, it, it didn't work. And that's what we needed. And that's what I love about The Last Jedi now. That I've, I've been, kind of been talking about a long time, but with these two extra points, really really makes that up. Whew! All right. Well, you know, I usually do Hoth pretty short. So I'm going to just leave you with those points there for today. Um, hey, how about we go off of Star Wars for a second? Guess what I saw this week? 
Nobody? Oh, yeah, you're not there. I saw uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, shit, sorry. Even saying the name bores me. Goodness. See, here's the problem, and I'm not a Marvel hater. I'm not. I love Marvel. I love DC more comics, but the Marvel movies have kept me entertained for the most part for years and years and years. I've seen all the movies. I used to go to all the minutes. I made that point again that it's getting tiresome. Well, here I come into Captain Marvel. And I'm like, okay, yeah, i got to see Captain Marvel in order to see Endgame, you know, at the end of the month. So I go in, you know, expectations are what they are. It just, it's a Marvel movie, so I should be at least entertained. But man, I tell you what, that first half of that movie fucking blew. Just blew. I was bored as hell. Wasn't going anywhere. It was nothing I hadn't really seen before. The uh, whole explosion with the Lightspeed engine, even though I know it was powered by, obviously, the Tesseract. But I just think that was kind of cheap um, way for her to get her powers. Just in, Again, I'm not a big Captain Marvel fan, so I don't really know her, her whole origin, but I felt like that was, that was bullshit. Uh, I think that Goose was a great character, the cat. I don't necessarily like that it was just... Hey, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't seen this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through it. I'm not digging the fact that Nick Fury lost his eye because of a fucking infection. Is that what that was? What the fuck happened? I I don't know. Pull it out. If it had pulled it out, I'd be like, fuck yeah, that was cool. Fucking Goose just pulled Nick Fury's eye out. I'm down. That'd have made it way cooler. But whatever. It is what it is. Um, the scrolls being the way the scroll. Now get this. If I didn't know anything about scrolls, I would have loved the scrolls. I thought their, their characters, their interactions, everything was really fucking cool. I, I did like them. But... That's not how the that I'm aware of. That's not how the scrolls should be. Shouldn't they just be? Shouldn't they be warriors? And I don't know. They were just a bunch of refugees trying to hide and be good and not do bad things. And that doesn't feel like that's the way that's supposed to be working. So, not too keen on that piece. Uh, uh, Brie Larson actually was pretty good. I heard everybody talking about her wooden acting, so I was all ready for some Padme action, right? Like give me just some bullshit wooden acting for two hours she was pretty good I didn't mind her at all I think they CGI'd her ass I think they added one during the uh, during post so that was good but the rest of it eh I wasn't in love with it at all I mean I'll I'll be at Endgame on opening day I'll, I'll be there and I'm excited as fuck for that to see the snap get undone um, but yeah Captain Marvel if we're looking for a review here we're somewhere around Iron Man 3 territory for me. You know, I don't know if I'll, I'll own it, but I don't know how many times I'll watch it. I may not watch it again. So, I may just wait for it's on fucking TBS and I'll watch it with commercials when it's on type of thing. So, if you're uh, really worried about seeing that prior to Endgame, I don't think you really need to worry that much. Best parts in the movie, besides the things I've met, the characters I mentioned, were the Stan Lee parts in the beginning fucking had me in tears uh, with the thank you Stan and the, the Marvel coming up and the Stan Lee cameo which I thought was fucking awesome um, working on his lines for Mallrat so I, I think that that stuff was fucking rad and I did, did dig the fact that it was rolling in 1995 that was my senior year in high school so everything right there felt really cool that it was it was happening at that moment so because if Kevin Smith is canon inside of Marvel and Mallrats exist, guess what? I fucking exist because I saw Mallrats in the theater and I loved it. So I'm sure I'm canon now. That's pretty rad. 
All right, so with that said, next time I talk to you guys, I should have a review for Master and Apprentice. We should be um, past celebration, so I should have some cool news from there and get to fucking go off for like an hour or two on a trailer, I'm assuming. God, I fucking hope there's a trailer. There better be a trailer of Celebration or I swear to God, I'm going to bang my head through a wall. Not that anybody cares, but I'm going to bang my head through a wall. And I'm not one that has to have a trailer right away, but you got to give me a tease. Give me a, a view of how it's going to look, feel, anything. I don't want a lot. I want a title, a shot, maybe a voiceover and a couple scenes, and I'll be straight until December. That's all I fucking need, you know? Um, do it like Avengers. Well, we have two. Well, no, they, they kept saying there's, this is the last trailer, and then all of a sudden we get one today. So who the fuck knows? But if they're only using the first 20 minutes of the movie, it's genius. And I, that's what I've been asking, for, what we've been talking about for Star Wars. Don't give me a lot. Give me very little. Make everybody suffer a bit, you know, coming up to the movie and wanting to see it. But you just got to give us a taste so we're, we're that ready for it. Just make it a really good fucking trailer and then drop us and we'll see you in December, right? So that's what I'm hoping we get in the next few weeks. We'll get to see that. Uh, maybe some new toys pop up. Maybe some new books, you know, whatever it is we'll talk about on Sarlacc and here at Hoth Topic. So I'm going to go ahead and let you guys go. Until next time. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. I'm still fucking here. Look at that. Turns out right when I finished uh, recording that episode thinking it was going to be short, I got a message from one of our friends, all Star Wars fans. All Star Wars fans has been a friend and a follower and a listener, and, and we've been the same, well, not listener, but... Uh, friend or follower since really we started so uh, I gotta take this moment right now let's go ahead and uh, you know get see what, see what he has to say here blah 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 still in the car so take me give me a give me a second here he wants to go through a uh, few probability questions on episode 9 maybe theory type things so what do I think the probability is of Lando not actually being a good guy we think he will be ah so you're wondering if he will backstab the crew again, right? Wondering if he's going to pull an old Lando without Han there uh, so he would have to turn on just the new Rebellion. or the, Yeah, the new Rebellion. I don't think the odds are very good. I think the probability is low. I think they'll keep him as a hero. Uh, mainly because I really don't think they would risk killing off the heroes and seeing what backlash, you know, uh, warranted or not, they got from everybody else being gone uh, I think they would leave him as a hero although it would be kind of cool for him he has no loyalties right now to this rebellion right he stayed in the middle he uh, didn't care a lot about anything up until Empire Strike the end of Empire Strikes Back and the beginning of, of Return uh, so I would say it would be cool if he turned on them it was like a double agent but I don't think they would do it strictly because of what happened and I don't think the story's going to play that way I actually think my theory has been that Lando will probably be part of the reason or somehow help them get to those droids um, that I swear it's going to be a bunch of battle droids or what have you and 3PO is going to end up leading that which fell right into that poster we saw so um, I think he'll stay a good guy how about the probability of uh, seeing or hearing Vader as a force ghost, I think that probability is probably pretty high. I, I think there is a damn good chance. If we don't see him in, in helmet, it still counts, right? Like if it's just Anakin force ghost, I, I'm going to say it counts. 
And I think the probability is pretty high that we will see not only, obviously, Luke, we're going to see, but multiple Force ghosts in this one. I know I've pushed that last movie and this movie, I and probably Force Awakens if I can even think about it. I'm sure I had it there, too. But uh, I'm certain this time we will see a bunch of Force ghosts, so they really just missed out for me. Um, how about Ray, Kylo, Finn, Poe, or uh, any new characters dying? That would be fucking rad. I actually think probability of Kylo dying is extremely high. Okay, I, I think that's the only possible way to correctly end the Skywalker saga is for him to die. See, mm, that's the one problem, now that I said that out loud again, that's the one problem with not killing off Leia, right? She's still a Skywalker. She's too old to have any more, I think. I don't think she, and you know, I don't think her and Lando will hook up. But, uh, ah, shit. I always thought, I had it in my head that they had to kill Kylo so they would end the Skywalker saga properly. So I guess it depends on with Leia. But I see Kylo dying. Um, Finn, if he sacrifices himself, would be the other one. I don't think Poe will die. I don't, I, I'm sure Ray won't die. I don't think Poe will die. I think he'll be basically the leader of the new rebellion. I'm guessing Finn, in some kind of courageous act, is the one that has the probability of dying on from the from the good guy side, and that might be just a little bit less than 50-50, I'd say. But Kylo, I would I would think that would be like a shit. If they don't, I would be upset. It should be at least a 75% probability they'll they'll kill off Kylo. Um, seeing the end of the Millennium Falcon crashing or being blown up or whatever that's like losing a character right we already lost Han we already lost Luke we've already lost Akbar that people were up in arms about Um, it would it would it would suck I know it's an old ship I just I don't mm. no I it's probably 50-50 to be honest, but I, I hope not. I hope it's a lot lower than that. How about Snoke returning or never really died? That That's one we've kind of had back and forth um, since The Last Jedi. So, you know, as it stands, not knowing anything about Snoke in the movies is okay with me because, you know, I read the comics and the books and stuff, and I know that I will get a ton of stuff to fill things in later, and I'll be satisfied with that. But for the moviegoers, do they just leave Snoke dead um, as is and just ignore it and let J.J. move on from here? And that's kind of how they just deal with Snoke dying? Or are we going to get some flashback here? Um, it's probably the highest prob- probability of seeing Snoke is some flashback of a little bit younger Snoke, a little bit younger Luke, and how they interacted together and maybe how Snoke uh, coerced Kylo and, and you know suckered him in the way Palpatine did. We might see that. I, Unless he was pulling a force projection like Luke did, and that whole death was a hoax because he knew something was going on, which is possible, because he did say you know, that there's nothing that Kylo can do that I don't already know. I can see his thoughts. I can see this. So it's possible he was pulling a Wizard of Oz, man behind the curtain type of thing. That's absolutely possible. I would say it's probably less than 50-50, maybe 25% probability. Um... And that might be being generous on Snoke returning in any way that would affect the story going forward. I think, if anything, we'll see him in a flashback. I think that's probably a little bit over 50-50 is seeing and getting some backstory on uh, Kyla, or on Snoke. So, there we have it. See, I wasn't quite done there, folks. Had things going on. Got new, uh, 
input, so I just wanted to add that. That's your little Patreon edition, except you don't pay. So it's like your free Treon edition of Hoth Topic right there. So thanks, all Star Wars fans, for sending that. Uh, those questions, love to hear from you anytime you want. I love talking to you on Instagram. So there we have it, guys. So we're done, I think, for now. I'm going to go ahead and save this one and send it over to Marco to get on the uh, website. So until next time. We'll see you in hell. Paul, what I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. And yeah. Yeah. Well, what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I I mean, we might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and, you know, just just all kinds of actors. And and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. Why not? Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater with piranhas killing me? That would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool. Join the Nerds with Attitude podcast each week, now part of the Raw Live Unedited Network, featuring the Nerds with Attitude podcast. Covering pop culture, nerd news, TV shows, movies, comics, no, and toys. Also, listen to Nerd Tunes with Scott and Kevin, movie reviews with President Rob, Kevin interviews, and more. And remember, keep it nerdy. Kevin Intermuse. Nope, that's the show about cats. I talk to cats. In a world with far too many Star Wars podcasts comes one more Star Wars podcast. The Sarlacc Digest, a bi-weekly show covering Star Wars news, toys, book reviews, fan theories, and new canon discussion. All wings report in. Join the Sarlacc Digest hosts as they bring you knowledge and lore. Man, whenever the Yuzon Vong dropped the moon on Chewbacca's head, it, it, I shot a Holy tear, shit, dude. What? Not f***ing canon. Jason and Jaina Solo. Why is it so hard for everybody to understand? The Passion. 
So when Luke took off Vader's helmet, you could just see the sadness going in, the lighting and the, and the tears forming, and it's just the soundtrack just starts raising. And uh, then you know it's a movie, right? What? The fandom. Okay, so I have my Darth Vader camping chair for the line, my brand new exclusive Luke and Leia vans, my Star Wars pop vinyl wristband that I just got. Oh, did I tell you that I was gonna get my next? Uh... And the collecting world. I got the orange card of figures. I got the green card. I got the red card. Okay, do you have circles on hand? No circles, half circle? Half circles? Half circle. You got Palpatine Blue Saber? I do, and the barge. What the f***? No, not the barge. The Sarlacc Digest, bringing you line talk and digesting Star Wars topics over a thousand years. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're proud members of the RLU, Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Find us, rawlivepod.com. Uh, Pigs and Flicks is uh, part of the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network, which means you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or the listening platform of your choice. Or you can go directly to rawlivepod.com. Yay!